you're visiting this morning, I want to personally welcome you. My name's Jose. I'm the lead pastor, and we are a group of imperfect people called Cypress Creek Church, and we're all on a journey following the only perfect one, Jesus Christ. And I'm glad that you are here this morning in the gathering of believers. Man, how awesome is it to come together and worship the Lord our God, who never fails and is always good. I want to do something that is really hard this morning, and I think we can do it with God's help. We are in his presence. Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And that's what I want to do this morning. I want to rejoice that we're sitting in this room and we are free because we have men and women that have gone to protect our freedom in this country that gives us the opportunity to be here this morning. We'll rejoice with some delicious barbecue as we break bread and meet together after this gathering. We're going to rejoice and we are going to mourn with those families that lost loved ones as they sacrificed their lives. And so if you are able, I'd like for you to stand as we pray for those families and we thank God for the freedom that we are uh, enjoying in this moment. Lord, we do not take for granted what those brave men and women have done for years and years and years in this country, and they've laid down their lives. Your word says, the greater love knows no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And Lord, they didn't know us, and yet they chose to sacrifice their lives so that we can enjoy freedom here in this amazing land that you have so blessed. And so we say thank you, God, for their lives. And we pray blessings over their families as today is hard as they remember uh, their, their loved ones, God, as they celebrate even what they uh, uh, did for all of us. And so we ask, comfort them. May your peace be upon all families of those that lost loved ones this Memorial Day. We thank you, Jesus, in your name. Everyone said, amen. 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 You can be seated. We are going to rejoice because our friends Justin and Anna Thurman from Arms of Hope are here. This is our fifth Sunday. It's our Mission Sunday, where we will pass the buckets at the end of this gathering, and every dollar, every check, every penny will go outside of the walls. Oh, by the way, you can give online to the ccc.guide. So everything you give in our missions uh, offering will go outside of the walls at Cypress Creek Church. Last week, uh, I told you that 10% of our uh, expenses go outside of the walls of our church to go to all of our local and our global ministry partners. So we're highlighting Arms of Hope. We'll have them up uh, after after worship, Justin and Anna and their little ones. And we'll, we'll celebrate and we'll rejoice because they are doing just that. They're the Arms of Hope uh, uh, around kids and single moms in crisis and in need and campus in Medina and up in the Dallas area. And so we're going to rejoice that they're doing that, that they're bringing hope. And, and we're also going to mourn this morning because we all were affected by the tragedy that happened in Uvalde. And I think it is important for us as the people of God to take a time out 
and to do some things that are really important according to God's word, and that is lamenting. In, in our culture, we, we're not good at lamenting. We're good at, at maybe shedding tears when they come, but, but we, we try hard to move on too quickly, unfortunately, and, and we try to fix, and we try to put a Band-Aid on it, and, and we try to just move on from that pain and suffering. But lamenting literally means to express sorrow, grief, even regret. As, as, as we mourn, with the families that lost their little ones and the terrible tragedy that took place. And many of you know that Sandra Nectar Herrera, who are a part of our church family, lost a great niece, Ellie. She was nine. She, she would have been 10 next week, and she is no longer with us. But we hold on to hope that she is with Jesus. And as we've been talking about our Heaven on Earth series, we are learning that pain is temporary. That we're not going to experience pain that side of heaven, but it's important for us to go through that pain, this side of heaven. I want to quickly go through these three sources of pain. So there's sin around me, broken world. There's sin done to me by hurtful people, and there's sin done by me, my own poor choices. This was two weeks ago that we talked about this, and, and, and there is evil, real evil in this world. There's an enemy that wants to kill, that wants to steal, and that wants to destroy and he is propagating uh, through our world. But as a people of God, we hold on to the hope in Jesus Christ. Three purposes for our pain is to glorify God, to recognize his nearness, and to show our scars as we share with one another our pain. And this morning, I want to talk about how to navigate, how to navigate through tragedy, because this is a big tragedy, and yet we also experience individual Tragedies, And so these are the three things that we're going to do together this morning as we mourn with our neighbors and brothers and sisters over in Uvalde. The first is lament. Again, it's to express grief, to express regret, and to express sorrow. I'll talk a little bit more, and I'll go through that quickly. And then I asked Sean to come up and talk about process, what it looks like to talk tragedy through with trusted people. What will specifically look like, look at parents, how to process hard things with our kids, grandparents, how to have these conversations with our little loved ones. I also want to be sensitive. If you don't want to go through that, if you have little ones here, here, uh, you can feel free to go and, and uh, wait outside if you so choose. I want to be sensitive, moms and dads, but we will be getting real. We'll model that as Sean talks to his 10-year-old Colt, uh, talking about process. And lastly, Rhonda, uh, we sent out the prayer guide. If you haven't already signed up for our daily devotionals and our e-news, we sent out this prayer guide right after uh, on Wednesday morning, and, and we're going to do that corporately. So, so we did that individually this week, if you looked at that prayer guide, but there is power in corporate prayer, when the people of God come together in the assembly, and we together and collaboratively raise up our voices and ask God for his help. And so that's how we will close under the reality that Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, is our banner. We have a U.S. flag, we have a Texas flag, but that flag right there is representative that we are under the covering of the Lord, our God, the Lord Almighty, Jehovah Nisi. Can we do that this morning? Really quickly, Lamentations. Lamentations is a book, five chapters. 
Chapters one and two talk about uh, brokenness that the people of God were experiencing when they were literally exiled from their homes in Jerusalem and in Israel, and they were taken captive uh, as a consequence of the sin that was around in that time. It's about 500 BC, and, and then they were taken over to the Babylonian Empire, modern day Iran, Persia. And, and so uh, they were taken there, and, and there was a loss of property. They lost their homes. There was a loss of of people. They lost little ones and old ones alike, and there was a loss of hope. They did not know where to turn. And so in result, this book was written. The book of Lamentations, chapters one and two, talk about the things that they lost. But there is a pivot in chapter three that I'll read here in a second. But I want to move on to chapter Four. Chapter four is when the people acknowledge that this was as a result of the brokenness and the sin of this world. See, they recognized that it isn't God that causes damage here and evil here on earth. There is an evil one, and we live in a broken and sinful reality that Jesus Christ came to rescue us from and to reverse as we love our enemies. Anybody with me? And then chapter five goes in to this corporate prayer that people lift up. There's a lot of we language, so important for us to corporately pray. So we're literally going to do that. Uh, one other thing with the laments is one third of the Psalms, 42 of the 150 Psalms are Psalms of lament. So incredibly biblical and then hard for us to do. Why? Because we want to fix and we also want to blame. We want to point the finger to others, or we want to point the finger at ourselves. My friends, let's be slow to do that as we lament, as we pray, and as we process this morning together. Let's read Lamentations chapter 3. He, God, has made my teeth grind on gravel and made me cower in ashes. My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is, so I say my endurance has perished, so has my hope from the Lord. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. The author of this lament is being real. These word pictures, the, the teeth grinding on gravel, cowering literally in ashes, being covered in ashes, the absence of peace, forgetting what it means to be happy. That is real. And I hope that we can sit in that word, whatever that might mean for us, that in this world we will have trouble. But Jesus came to overcome the evil one. And that's what verses 21 starts saying. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast of the love of uh, the love of the Lord never ceases, his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. As we lament, let's hold on to hope. Let's be anchored in what Jesus came and did for us. Anybody with me this morning? Process. As uh, Sean and, and Cole, if you guys want to come up, I want to just uh, quote this Proverb 27 uh, I'm sorry, 1717, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born 
for a time of adversity. I hope that you have someone that you can walk through hard times with. If you don't, good news, you're in the right place. That's what we're called to do as a church family is we go later and, and, and break meat and bread together and eat delicious barbecue. I hope you meet someone that later on you will have in your life so you can walk a difficult circumstance with. That is why we do community groups as a church so that we can do this with one another. Sean doesn't say, uh, he never says this because he's a humble man, but I get to say this. We have an amazing man in our midst. He serves the Lord. He loves his family. He got his PhD in family and marriage therapy, uh, which is a big deal. It's a lot of letters, a lot of years uh, in, in ministry. And he's a child in uh, child, he's an expert in child psychology. And so thank you for being willing to help us process uh, with you, Colt. Let's give him a hand. Thanks, bud. He got, did you hear him? He got caught. He was like, he's a child. And then he got caught for a long moment there. And I just thought he was going to stop because uh, I've been called worse. Uh, that's awesome. So this is Colt. Colt, uh, if you know sizes of young men, is, uh, he is a fourth, actually was a fourth grader a few days ago. Now as a fifth grader, uh, he would tell you. But he's a, he's a big fifth grader uh, going into fifth grade. But he is going to help me today. So thanks for that. We... Um, this idea of having somebody to process with. I love what Jose was just teaching us about this need to lament, to, to be able to share and express our sorrow and our hurts and our regrets uh, because that process of lamentations really is where healing comes from. You, you, go, you start there by opening up and then you turn to the Lord uh, and search for hope. And then you third step, praise him uh, for what he has done and what he will continue to do. But if we miss this first step, then it really throws the rest of the process off. But it is difficult for us in any situation. Um, we're gonna apply this in our kids with our relationship with our kids here and model that because uh, tragedy uh, produces trauma. And we have to be willing to walk through trauma and not run from it. And... Uh, I remember vividly, still to this day, I could tell you word for word the conversation I had with my dad when I was nine years old, when he told me about my mom's unexpected death. Word for word, that conversation was that important. And uh, these conversations are critical. Uh, Colt was looking, uh, will you read that? So there's, this is one of the young girls, nine-year-olds. It was in a different class in, U in Uvalde who actually survived. But this is her mom talking about just yesterday about what she's going through. Aubrey Gonzalez is an eight-year-old who hid under her desk in another classroom while the shooting occurred. Her mom said Aubrey was still traumatized by what happened. She's terrified to go anywhere without me and her dad. She said she can't sleep by herself. She's scared to take a shower by herself. She can't, she's scared to even watch a movie in the living room by herself. I put her to bed last night, and she told me she felt like somebody was watch, looking at her. She's just really shaken up by what happened. It would be easy to say, well, of course, she was in the school. That's what's going on. But the reality is, if you have kids anywhere, elementary school, middle school, uh, there's a way that we experience what's going on in the world around us as kids, and we internalize it. And your kids could be feeling some of the things, same, the same thing. So having the ability to talk through it, we're going to put some, some talking points on a slide. And this is really a good process to walk through. But rather than just teach it to you, uh, Colt and I decided we would model it because we did something similar to this Tuesday night. And so we'll, we'll do that again here on the stage. Um, hey, so tell me what you've heard about what happened in, in Uvalde. 
So I was at school and I was going home with my friend and my friend's mom was a teacher and so I was going home with them. And you called, you called her and she said that, she told me after you, after somebody hung up, after y'all hung up the phone and she said an 18 year old kid, kid killed 14 people or something like that. And, and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It ended up being 19 children and two adults that were, that were killed there, but that's very accurate. Everything else you said, an 18 year old, it's, it's really good. I, I want you to know accurately what happened and not just some, you know, rumors. And so thanks for telling me that. But even more importantly, I mean, what did you think when you were hearing that and as you've thought more about it? Um, I felt my, I don't know, my heart just broke. I don't, I would never do that. Like, he's probably just trying to get his anger out or like, he's just sad as some of his family members passed passed away, but that's not what you do. You got to talk to like a preacher or somebody like that to help you out. So it sounds like your thoughts kind of go to that guy, the, the guy who came in and killed everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, why did he do it? What was going on with him? There were better options for him. Why didn't he use one of those? That's, that's kind of where your mind goes. Um, you said something about how you felt too. How, how, how do you feel? What feelings come up when you think about those kids and the situation they went through? I, I feel scared. Like, I don't know. Like, I would never want that to happen to me. Like, if somebody's just shooting in your, in your classroom and or just anywhere and in your school, that'd be just scary. Yeah, but it's, it's scary for me as a dad to think about that happening in your school, too. I can't imagine being the same grade as those, how scary that is. Um, any other feelings as you think about those families and the kids that have died? Not really. Not too much, okay. Mm-mm. We talked some about sadness before, too, like you were sad for that guy and what he felt, and um, okay. Um, yeah, any other thoughts or questions about it or anything else come up for you? No, sir, not really. Okay. What, um, what do you do with that fear? Like, what do y'all have things in place at school that help you to feel safer there? Yeah, sir, so what we do is our cubbies are in line with, um, with the door, and so you cannot see us if you, like, peace in there. And so me and my teacher are on both sides of the doors. One of us has a chair on our head and so like if he were to come in we would have hit him with the chair and so he could like just to protect ourselves okay so most of everybody's gonna hide behind that cubby do you feel good with that plan yes sir and then if you have to you can hit this guy with the chair is that yes, sir. scary to think about yes sir <laughs> really scary yeah all right all right what are you gonna do in that moment i don't know i would try to do all do the best i can try to protect my classmates and help them out and so yeah you're really brave bud i'm proud of you for that um yeah it's any anything else about feeling safe at home you feel safe there with us and yeah sure because i know the lord's going to be with with me wherever i go and so he's just going to protect me and yes sir well i'm glad you brought him up because the reality is there there is bad things in this world right it's a broken fallen world, bad stuff happens. There's evil in the world. Um, people who are hurting, people who are mentally ill that do things that are um, just horrific and terrible. And uh, it's out there. Um, God uh, is above that. He, he's bigger than that. And he loves us 
uh, and he wants to, you know, he, he has the ability to take anything that even horrific happens and, and redeem it, right? And um, that's where we go to for our hope in our family and in situations like this. Um, can we pray for these folks? Yeah, thank you, Lord, for Colt and his uh, just being able to process his fear and um, his thinking through what it would look like to be courageous but uh, scared at the same time. Thank you for... Um, his uh, willingness to think through what's going on with this guy who, who did this horrific act. We pray for his family that survived him. We pray for those kids and those um, families in Uvalde and even here that have been touched by this tragedy. We pray for your comfort and people to surround them and process this hurt with them and pray with them. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Y'all give Colt a hand. Good job. Um, all right. So not so much about, you know, what Colt and I said, other than I just wanted you to be able to, to walk, to see that process happen. Because there are some of you that are like, man, there's no way my eight-year-old could talk about this stuff or no way my 11-year-old would want, believe me, they can talk about way more than we give them credit for. And they have, they, they're hearing way more than you think they are hearing. And wouldn't you rather be the source of truth and comfort and wisdom rather than some, man, anything, video, they're playing video games, talking with each other about stuff that's going on in the world. Even if they don't have social media or other things you think you're protecting them by, there are ways they're getting information from other people on the playground at school. Be the one having these conversations with them. And uh, it's got to be age appropriate. Again, Colt is 10 years old. That's the age, that's discussion you would see there. When we process this with our 15-year-old, it follows the same outline. But it, it does, we hit a little bit more on the why did this happen? What was going on? Why would God allow this to happen? How can there be a good God that would let bad things like this happen to these families? Those conversations are more important for older teenagers and kids into their 17s, 18s, and 19s. But our willingness to walk toward this is exactly what God would do. It's what Jesus does. He walks into the pain, into the hurt, in honest, genuine conversation, and he comforts. And then when the time is appropriate, he brings truth in a way that produces healing. That's our job as parents, and that's our job as friends. For anybody else that you're in contact with uh, or have a chance to be that with, hanging out at this picnic, bumping into people, like Jose said, uh, be willing to listen and care for the people around you. And uh, let's, let's stand in the gap for the people that are hurting. There are a few places you can get off track. Uh, one is thinking you have to have all the answers. Your kids are gonna ask you questions you don't know the answer to. And the best answer in that situation is, I don't know. I don't know. But let's think about it. Let's pray about it. Let's research it. Let's go ask Jose. He's got all the answers. <laughs> you know, but I don't know is an okay answer as a parent. Um, not having the conversation, very dangerous. And then also the, the last thing that's dangerous is if you fast forward past the, the, the feelings. All right, I, I read a well-meaning Christian author who posted something quickly after this tragedy and the four things you have to tell your kids in the wake of this tragedy. And, and it just grieved me because he didn't say, ask your kids how they're feeling. He didn't say, ask them what they're thinking. He didn't say, have a discussion with them. He told you the four theological arguments you needed to make for your kids in the wake of this strategy. 
and grief is not the right word. There are other words for what I felt, but I'm not going to share all those. I was, uh, but that's not it. You guys, we've got it. Whoever it is you're in conversation with or hanging out with, meet them where they are in their pain, in their hurt, in their lament. And then from there, love them toward truth as it's appropriate. Glad we got this chance to kind of even us as a church family process how to do this. And uh, let's keep walking it out together. Rejoice and we will mourn together. And uh, as we walk from the end of the next step, which is where we, you saw Colt and I at the end of our conversation, which is how I think you could end your conversations. And we're gonna kind of walk at the end of this section out by praying together as a church. So Rhonda Patterson is our amazing prayer pastor and she's gonna come up and walk us through uh, how to pray through this situation. Good morning. So as Jose said, there is so much power in corporate prayer. There's power in coming together in prayer. And so um, we wanna take this time. I know so many of you have been praying throughout the week, um, prayers across our nation, um, and that is wonderful. But we wanna take this time together this morning to uh, lift these up in prayer. Um, Isaiah 59, 19 says, when the enemy shall come in like a pent up flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard or banner against him. And so uh, nations have banners, nations have flags. As children of God, we are a part of the kingdom of God. And so today, we're gonna lift up the name Jehovah Nisi, which is the Lord is our banner. And Hector, who lost a great niece in Uvalde this week, is going to wave the banner of the Lord for us as we intercede. Would you stand and just take the hand of your family or friend nearby, and I'll just guide you through. This is the prayer guide that was sent out, and if you would like one, you can let us know. We can get that to you. I think it's on the guide as well, but we're gonna go through this, and we'll just, just follow the prompts and be comfortable. And so, Father, we say that greater are you in us than the enemy that is in the world. We spiritually wave the banner of you, Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords over the community of Vivalde. You are the Prince of Peace. We say, come Holy Spirit into the people of Vivalde's deepest place of need. May you manifest your healing power, Jesus, and may every hurting soul turn to you and receive your tender mercy in their time of need. You are the faithful one, and we look to you. And so we first pause to lift up those who are injured and still fighting for life. We ask that they will live and not die and proclaim what the Lord has done. 
We ask for miracles, Lord. Heal them and they shall be healed. And we, oh Lord, we ask that there be no more loss in Jesus' name. And we now lift up all the families and friends who have lost loved ones. May they each receive the comfort of the Lord. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the same comfort that we ourselves have received from God. We lift up all first responders, medical staff, investigators, and funeral directors who have worked diligently throughout this tragic event. We ask that the Lord will strengthen them as they continue to serve that he will supernaturally buffer them from the trauma of what they are seeing and experiencing. And next we lift up all of the children and staff who were able to flee. We say, Prince of Peace, come. Blanket these in your love and steady them in your grace and mercy. Surround them, Lord. Surround them with servants of Christ to help them in their journey through this tragedy. And we lift up all community leaders in Uvalde. As you are uh, restoring godly order in this community, we ask that you help these leaders to make righteous decisions moving forward. Your word says, if any of you lack wisdom, ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given you. And finally, we pray for the family of the perpetrator. We ask that God's grace would be with them as they suffer the weight of his actions, as they suffer the loss of his life, and that they would know God, that they would know the love of Jesus who died for them. We thank you, God, and we lift all of these up. We praise you that you know all things You alone know all things. You alone, even as all the investigations are taking place, you are the only one who knows all things related to it. 
And so we ask you to help us to uh, lay down any judgments. Lord, we say no to judgment in the name of Jesus. We trust you. We trust you. And we ask you, Lord, to help those as things come out, that you comfort those who will have to live with decisions they made. Have mercy. Help them. That's what, as your children, you call us to do. Lord, to love well, to show kindness and mercy, to pray for and lift these up. And so that is what we do, Lord. Protect us. We look to you. We trust you. We thank you as you help us process as well in the coming days. But we bless the city of Uvalde. You love that city, Lord. We thank you that you are with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Hector, Sandra, Ando Sarai, if you would please allow us to pray over you, and if you feel comfortable, come on, come on forward. If you uh, think that prayer is something that we do in vain, let me just tell you that you are wrong. If anyone thinks that prayer doesn't work, I know firsthand because of this amazing prayer warrior who prays for you on a weekly basis for our community and beyond as he serves with Ron on our prayer ministry team, that God hears every single word that we say, and those words do not return in vain. And so let's lift up this family as they grieve and as they continue to provide support for their family in the community of Uvalde. If you feel comfortable, just raise out your hand. We thank you, Jesus, for the Herrera family. We thank you for how they bless us, for how they have stood in the gap for so many of us in this room, for how they trust in your name, Jesus, the name above all names, how you have empowered them through many, many seasons, both highs and lows. And so right now in this season of low, we ask that you would lift them up, that you would empower them, Holy Spirit, to continue to be your hands and feet to their family and the many families that you have given them a seat at the table with in this season. Lord, we thank you that when they speak, they make your name famous. The only healer, the only redeemer that we can Uh, rely on. And so, Father, we pray that you would multiply and amplify their voice and influence in Jesus' name. And Lord, hold their heart, comfort their wounds, heal them, God. And we say that it is an honor to be their church family, to support them, love them, and encourage them, walk alongside. We lift them up to you.